Welcome to Hometown Highlights, where we sit down with professionals, business owners, and community members. There are so many unique and incredible stories in the individuals and businesses that surround us every day. Here on Hometown Highlights, we bring attention to these stories and bring them to the spotlight. We also want to thank our sponsors at Hitchings Insurance. We appreciate their support in creating this podcast. Now, let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to Hometown Highlights, where we sit down with professionals, business owners, and community members. There are so many unique and incredible stories in the individuals and businesses that surround us every day. Here on Hometown Highlights, we bring attention to these stories and bring them to the spotlight. We also want to thank our sponsors at Hitchings Insurance. We appreciate their support in creating this podcast. Now, let's jump into the conversation. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Hometown Highlights. This is Dom Fry, the insurance guy, here with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Pessel. Ryan, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Dom. Thanks for asking. Yeah, of course. Uh, Excited for today's episode. Uh, A little bit, we'll give the proper introduction that the man deserves. He was born in Finley and ended up graduating from Macomb High School. He is a polar bear where he got his bachelor's degree in electronic media and journalism from Ohio Northern University. He married his high school sweetheart, Angela, and today they have two kids, a eight-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter. He started doing radio back in 1997 and today uh, does still a little bit of radio but he is the Community Development Lead at Family Resource Center. Let's welcome on our guest, Dave Crosser. Dave, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. This is, this is a uh, backwards thing for me. I don't think I've ever been on the, on the receiving end of an interview before, so appreciate you giving me a shot to see how I can do this. Of course. Yeah, we're excited <laughs> to have you on. That's amazing. You've been in radio for you know over 20 years and always been on the – uh, the interview side, yeah. We're on the recipient. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's pretty fun. Out of all the years, you've never provided a podcast or an interview. That that is insane to me, really. I haven't. One time, I did. Uh, it was in person, but I did a uh, I did a thing at the University of Finley where they asked me to come and talk about life on the radio, and that was it. But I've never really sat down and and uh, had a whole lot of conversations about it outside of a classroom. Wow, that is that is really neat. Yeah, we'll we'll just get this out of the way. So Dave and I are both about six foot eight. Yeah, <laughs> but, but we could start a basketball team. But let's go through some of the tall jokes we get. What's oh, the weather like up there? <laughs> yeah, you know my my uncle um, was super tall too. I think he was six nine. He's one of the very few people I've ever looked literally had to look up to see. And he would always give me that. How's the air up there? And then he mm-hmm. he would tell me. He said, whenever somebody asks you that, you tell them. It's great up here. What's it like down around my butt? (laughs) (laughs) Did you play basketball? That's the next one you'll get. Oh, gosh. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. Did you play basketball? Can you help me get this thing off the shelf at the grocery store, which I generally am am pretty okay about? But basketball, I don't know, Ryan. You you get a kick out of this, man. So I've always been taller than everybody. 
like forever. I think I hit six four in about seventh grade. So you can imagine those junior <laughs> basketball coaches at Macomb were kind of salivating. But I didn't grow into it until high school. So you know, here I am in in junior high, what thirteen years old, six four, about one hundred and fifty pounds, and uh, had no idea what to do with any of it. And I played basketball my seventh grade year. And I kept getting thrown out of games because I have the temperament of a left tackle. <laughs> and uh, in basketball, you cannot play it like you play football. And uh, I also didn't have a good grasp on how much bigger than everybody else I was. And so I'll never forget it. We were playing against Arcadia. And this kid who was probably 5'2 blocked one of my shots. <laughs> And uh, I think I said some things that you can't say in a junior high basketball game, and I sat on the bench for a while. But uh, I realized then that basketball was not going to be my game, and I became a left tackle. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and then you go through things like the famous, how tall are you? Yeah, I thought about getting a T-shirt made once. Ryan, you should get one of these, too. <laughs> it just says, I'm 6'8", don't ask. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> Great idea. And then do you do you hit your head on the doorway? I get that question a lot too. Oh man. There <laughs> I get that one. And how do you fit in that car? Have you ever gotten that one? <laughs> I, I do get that one. So I drive a pickup truck, so I'm safe now. But I was gonna kind of lead into the tall thing in your in some of your hobbies. Yeah. How do you at a six foot eight stature get into a VW beetle? I have to ask. So here's the thing with the bugs. Think about the headroom in a typical car, and then think about the curvature of the roof in a bug. It's phenomenal. <laughs> the Beatles, I've had probably, I bet I've had 20 of them over the course of the years. I never have a headroom problem. I have a legroom problem, but I have a legroom problem in everything. And so and I like the old bugs, man. And so the, the curvature of the roof is really great on them. I never hit my head. And the one that I, the, the, the one that I had the longest, my green one, my 68, the seat was actually mounted straight to the floor. There was no bracketry there at all. Okay. And it was mounted up against the back seat. <laughs> and so I kind of mm-hmm. looked out the rear side windows when I drove that car. That's awesome. But, yeah. That's what I pulled up. I drive a, a Chevy Volt now. And uh, I pulled up to a, a video thing I was doing the other day. And the guys looked at me and they're like, you know, there are bigger cars. Like you don't have to have the tiny car. You, you take up the whole car. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, there's nobody else in here with me. I don't need room for anybody else. Just me. It's just me. So did we miss any tall questions that you or I receive on a daily basis? Now, I think the, the one about the doorways, I forgot about that one. But I always – people don't ask me if I hit my head. They tell me to watch my head. Do you get that? Yeah, I do. I have a permanent callus on the backside of my melon from hitting doorways. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're not wrong when they tell me that, I guess. The mistake I make, you probably have run into this. I'll wear, like I have different shoes for different purposes, right? And I wore boots one day to work um, at the radio station, and the, and they uh, I hadn't done that before. And they gave me about another three quarters of an inch, I think. And I was smashing my forehead on everything. <laughs> and one time I ran, I'll tell you this quick story, and we move on. But uh, one time I was running in a in a previous radio life on uh on tiffin avenue the building had two studios on opposite sides of the building and i was there doing an overnight in high school 
And it was like three in the morning and one of the stations went off the air. And so I had to sprint from one side of the building to the other side to make sure the other station was on the air. And it's like this big U-shaped building. And I'm running through the building. And you think about it, when you run, you're kind of, you know, jumping. And I'm booking through and I caught a door jam, the, the, the doorway top part, right in the center of my forehead. And it, it, you know, my legs went straight out in front of me and I landed on my back. And I was like, what just hit me? And then I saw that I, I had cracked the piece of trim on the top of the doorway from trying to sprint through it. it was oh, oh, the pain. And that's why I don't run anywhere. Yes. I can relate to everything David's saying, though. It's just a tall, tall people problem. That's what we have. Yeah. We have trouble finding jeans and pants, and we hit our heads on a lot of things. So that's right. Part of the deal. <laughs> One pair of decent jeans and, uh, and a lot of concussions. Correct. Correct. So yeah, this is this is fun. This, you know, um, getting to interview somebody who's on the radio uh, and somebody such as Big Dave is 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 just different. Um, he's usually the interview guy, so you know he's asking a lot of questions. So we get to kind of flip the script on him, um, <laughs> which which is cool. Um, so I kind of want to. So you're you went to Ohio Northern. Yep. In, in electronic media and journalism was your was your major. Um, when did you know in life that you wanted to be a radio personality or wanted to do, you know, be in front of a camera or what, what did that look like for you? I was in, um, pet band in high school during basketball season cause I didn't play basketball and I needed something to do. And I love, you know, music has been a big part of my whole life and I was always in the band and uh, I'm sitting up in the gym and I'm playing drums. And I think we played the Macomb pet band played. We got the beat about, 10 years later than anyone should even know what that song is, but we're just, you know, banging the crap out of, we got the beat. And I remember finishing the song and a guy named Tom Summers came walking in and uh, Tommy was the morning guy on WKXA in the, in the nineties. And, and that's kind of where I, when I started listening to it and, and Tommy comes walking in and there's this weird hush that kind of happened. Right. And, um, there was this girl, Brittany, in, in school who was the one who would always be the loud one. And she stood up and she goes, hi, Tom. And he stood up, turned around and waved, and everybody started clapping. And I went, oh, I want to be that guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of years went by, and I didn't know what I wanted to do specifically in college or anything. Like, I knew I was going to go to college. My mom was a, an education uh, professor at Ohio Northern, so I knew I had a chance to go on tuition remission and I was going to go to school and, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I had a coach or a teacher, my art teacher in high school, Rand Russell, greatest guy on the planet, man, um, turned me on to music and turned me on to the fact that I had a voice. I mean, I've had this voice since about third grade and he was like, this is something you ought to think about doing. And, um, so I called, I called up WKXA. This is in like 90, I don't know, five or six. And I came in and I knocked on the studio door and, and I said, Hey, I, I want to learn about radio. What do I have to do? And the guy said, why don't you go get some experience and come back? And I was like, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> and so and it, to be honest with you, it kind of worked me off. So I called his competitor <laughs> and, uh, and that was uh, Kahuna over on one Oh six, three when they were yeah. out. And I said, Hey man, I, I know a little bit about Led Zeppelin. And I want to do some radio. What do I need to do? And he's like, I'll be over here five o'clock tomorrow morning, third floor of the bank building. Click. 
And so I told my mom and, and she drove me over to the bank. I didn't even drive, man. And she drove me over to the, to the bank building in Ottawa. And I went on the air with Kahuna in the morning and uh, played Tribond. My job was to read the Tribond cards. But that was it, man. That flipped the switch. That's what happened. It was it. And, and Kahuna and I have worked together literally ever since. I mean, we have a side business that we run together. And, um, you know, ownership of radio stations change over the years and people come and go. But we've always, um, since that day in 96, worked together in some form. And um, he's the one that started calling me Big Dave because there were like five Daves at the radio station. And we had to differentiate ourselves somehow. So that's how Big happened. And, uh, and that's just kind of how it, how it took off. So it was it was early for me, and I'm blessed to have had the chance to do. Um, the there are not a lot of people that get to do what they love to do every day, and I'm I'm not uh, blind to the fact that I got to do that for a really long time and have the the time of my life doing it. Yeah, that's really cool. And man, what a pair! You know, the big Kahuna and Big Dave. It, it just kind of goes together if you're you know in the Finley Hancock County area at least. Um, more like Northwest Ohio, the proud way it's just um, it's quite the uh, quite quite the shows that you guys put on. I'll, I'll put it at that, and then you know <laughs> what you guys do for you know the community and some of the events when you're outside of the office. It's just a lot of fun, you know. Battle of the bigs on the golf courses. I, I I can remember a lot of conversations with you guys, and it's just there's never a dull moment. I would say, and you're always laughing. Your cheeks hurt when you guys are you know. Out together for sure. So you should have seen us going to lunch in my bug. You know that would be a sight to see. I hope that picture exists. <laughs> you know what I did find yesterday? A young Dave Crosser on YouTube giving his first uh, while you were um, at ONU the cable interview or the, the cable, cable uh, yes audition. Oh, yes, God. it was awesome. You look so, exactly the same. We <laughs> all I remember from that was being really sweaty. <laughs> oh, it's great! So yeah, if anybody's listening, you should YouTube that. It's if you if you want to see the uh, the original OG Dave Crosser, it is it is epic. You know, I that was a requirement. Like back in that, it just makes me sound like I'm Grandpa Crosser here. But back in those days, um, the program at ONU was TV and radio, and you had to do equal parts of both. And I didn't want anything to do with TV. I mean, clearly, you saw my my audition, like. I, that wasn't even my suit. And so I sat and I did the thing and I'm reading the prompter and my roommate was running the teleprompter and he was screwing with me while he was running the prompter. So the whole thing, the whole tape is like 10 minutes long. It's all over the place. But then the the guy who ran the program, Richard, um, posted that a few years back. And I think it got into the hands of Dave Glass and now it will live forever. <laughs> yes, it will. Once it's on YouTube, I don't think you can get it back. No. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, so, yeah, I actually, my senior year, when I went to Foster High School, they had a film and video class. Mm-hmm. So it took up like two, maybe three periods of the day. Um, so they put on, th- we did the morning announcements, uh, and they were televised with, throughout the school. We did the Redmond Rap, so we did a program on the football team. Um, they had some really, really good equipment. That was kind of a learning experience. I figured I have a face for radio, that's for sure. <laughs> um, there's just something about being on camera that is so nerve-wracking to me. I don't know what it is, but that was kind of a cool cool deal for me to, to kind of get over that fear and be able to talk to people that you didn't really know with yeah. a camera in your face. So 
Yeah, I can imagine what you were going through, <laughs> you know, yeah. being on film and so forth. Not my passion, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it, it takes a special person, there's no doubt. So, yeah, about the radio, have you ever – have you interviewed anyone who's famous, per se? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I've had a lot of guys on on the air with me over the years. You know, the scariest one. So I started in rock radio and I had an, I don't know if this is going to do anything for you or not the name, but I had an opportunity to interview Henry Rollins. And, um, and Henry is a guy, <laughs> you don't mess with Henry Rollins, right? He's, he's a terrifying individual. And, um, but one of the coolest people and, he was involved in a project I really wanted to have him on the air about. And I'm a huge fan of Black Flag and Rollins Band and all that stuff. And, and he's just very intense. And I got with his agent, you know, and, and um, got connected with his number and all that. And we scheduled the interview. And I, I called and it started ringing. And it, I bet it rang for 10 minutes. And I thought, well, do I just hang up and forget the interview? Or do I just wait this one out? And I was like, well, I had a chance to talk to Henry Rollins. I'm going to talk to Henry Rollins. So I just let it ring. And guys, that phone rang for probably a half hour. And he finally picked up. And you know, he was just, he just probably wasn't in the mood to do the interview. But he picks the phone up and I'm like, I'm, I don't know, 20 years old, 21 years old. And I'm getting to talk to one of the guys who I used to listen to Rollins band to get pumped up to go to football games, you know, and when the phone, bam, picks up, he goes, this is Henry. And I'm like, oh, God. Uh, I'm like, hey, Henry, this is Dave Crosser in Finley, Ohio. I'm here to talk about your book. <laughs> and uh, and it was it was OK. Like, I think both of us loosened up after a little while. But yeah, so Henry was a cool one. Um, oh, there have been a whole bunch of them over the years. I think um, a lot of country artists, when I got into country radio, um, that's really the conduit to fans for country artists. There's a real special bond between radio and those artists. And so the the even the artists who don't need to do that work for their career anymore. They're not baby bands. I'm talking, you know, guys like Garth or Keith Urban, whoever right. are always really great to talk to on the radio. So, um, yeah, I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of them. I think the one, this wasn't an interview, but the, you know, you do it long enough. You don't really get starstruck around people because you realize a lot of this is a machine, man. I mean, a lot of people are, are, are made by record labels and they're singing, songs they didn't write and you know and it's easy to get jaded about it but so you don't get too starstruck around people but the one i remember i got a chance to meet robert plant and um for people who don't know it's a shocking number of people guys uh he was the singer in led zeppelin and i'm walking around just like the bowels of this theater in cleveland looking for this meet and greet room and there's this this little closet basically that's full of about 15 people and I got my little pass on, you know, and and uh, in walks Robert Plant, and and all the all the oxygen is immediately gone from the room, you know, and I just kind of hum it, and they told us they're like, you take a picture, but don't touch him. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking at this picture <laughs> right now. I'm sitting in my office at home, 
And I've got my hand on his shoulder <laughs> because they were like, don't touch him. I'm like, freaking Robert Plant. Are you kidding me? I'm shaking his hand. Right. And his hand. But I'm like, I am touching the shoulder that's attached to the arm that's attached to the fingers that held the pen that wrote, there's a lady who's sure all that's glitters. That's all that glitters is gold. And she's buying the stairway to heaven. Like I'm going to touch that limb. <laughs> so I did. And I was promptly escorted away, but I have a great photo from that moment. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, those are great stories. Great stories. And I mean, is there any bigger band from the air? I don't know. Uh, the, the, Not your eyes. No, they're the, um, them, uh, you know, Zeppelin and the Stones, I think, are right. really the, the keys. And I never got a chance to see Zeppelin, obviously, but I did see Page and Plant a whole bunch of times and I've seen the Stones. And there's something about seeing those songs that have influenced so many generations of people, not just artists, but just generations of people. Um, and you see those come to life from the people who thought of them. It's just, I can't wait to get back to concerts again so I can see oh, some of these artists. I'm with you. There's just nothing better than a summer day, you know, in, in a lot of those amphitheaters and outside and arenas or yeah. just, you can kind of just, forget about what's going on in life for three or four hours and really just rock out and jam out and, yeah. you know, have a couple beers. If it's your thing and just really have a good night out with, with great music. So I'm with you there. That's something I miss dearly as well. Um, man, those are great stories, Dave. What, uh, is there any perks to being on radio? Did you ever get any, what, Anything thrown your way that you can talk about at least? Let me think about the stuff that was legal. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, one of my favorite things is um, the Girl Scout cookie time of the year. And I always said, you know, I'd have people call me up and want me to buy Girl Scout cookies from them. And I would say, I won't buy from the parents. I'll buy from the kids. If the kid comes and asks me to buy Girl Scout cookies, I'll buy them. Like, I won't say no to that. But I'm not going to buy them from you. I'll buy them from your kid. And so over the years, you know, you'd get 10, 15, 20 girls wanting to buy, want me to buy Girl Scout cookies. And I actually, my wife had me throttle back my cookie budget a couple of times because I, I bought a, a, a load of Thin Mints, man. Like, oh, you man. Um, but that kind of stuff would just occasionally show up. The one that I always thought was fun was when, when Doug and I were working together on the morning show. We would sit there and be like, all right, you know, maybe we're having a rough morning and it would get to be like 630. And I go, you know what, man, some donuts would change everything. And so we'd go on the air and just start talking about donuts. And lo and behold, boom, donuts start showing up. They just start showing up. Yeah. It's like my buddy James Miles works over at Hanco. He would just show up like he'd be leaving work and he'd show up with some donuts and a couple of Diet Pepsis. And, you know, we'd get uh, like we serve would show up with stuff every once in a while. And you just get people that. Um, identify with you and uh, there are really good people in this community, man. And, and even when weird is on the air goofing off about donuts that, that they would show up with that stuff I thought was really funny, but you know, the days of, of record labels paying for trips and all that stuff are, are long, long, long gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I got into radio after that stuff would have been a thing, but yeah, you know, the perks of radio weren't necessarily in stuff. Well, that's not true. I have a ton of free T-shirts that I have gotten over the years. <laughs> I was wearing my Heart of Gold T-shirt the other day, by the way. My daughter was like, is that a heart on your T-shirt? I said, sure is. So, yeah, yeah that was uh, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that was really neat. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So 
we were actually, we were on our way to one of the drops. It, you know, obviously you had promoted that event and, and that was a great, great uh, partnership. And again, for those listening, uh, my wife runs the local BCE chapter. So that's what we're talking about. Best Christmas ever. So we were on our way to a drop, uh, the second drop, uh, the second family drop. And you came on on a special, you were just, and you had mentioned like, I think they're out right now. They're doing drop because we had done one that morning. This was in the evening. They're out doing their, you guys got to follow their face. And it was so cool because you were talking about exactly what we were doing and you didn't really know where we were. Yeah. Um, so we, my wife was all fired up. We tried to get it recorded, but you know, by the time we got our phones out, it was too late, but it, it was just really neat that you were talking about what we were doing. Um, and, and the Christmas spirit was so strong there and, and be able to get back. That, that was just really neat. I want to, I want to mention that to you. That's one of those cool things that, um, you know, I, I, I get that my, <clears throat> my association with the station is not what it was, but that's one of the things that's just great about local radio right there, man, that you guys are out doing things in the community. And, and that's not something that a, one of those national personalities could have done. Right. And um, that's why I just think it's so cool that, that those stations, um, the, the Finley pub stations that I, I still work with a little bit have, have really kind of made that commitment to keep local people around so that stuff like that can happen. It's, it's a perfect segue, Dave, actually to talk about some of the stuff that's near and dear to your heart um, and some of the charities and organizations. Let's start out with what you're doing now at the family resource center. What, tell me, tell me like, what are you doing as a job? Why is that? Why is the resource center so important to you? And just, and and just, you know, let's talk about something you're really passionate about. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the change for me probably was when I became a dad, right? And, um, and the, the short story is basically I, I watched a lot of my kids' life pass by while I was out doing things um, with the radio station. And I, I had um, come up, I, I was at an event with my son and I had to leave to go do a radio station event. And I made the decision that day that I, I didn't want to do that anymore. But I also didn't want to get out of what I love. Um, and when this opportunity at Family Resource Center opened up, I kind of approached it like I, I don't I don't necessarily want to make a career change this drastic. However, if I have an opportunity to serve this group, then this is the group that's going to turn my head. And I, and I, I don't think I would have made this choice for really any other um organization. So Family Resource Center, for people that aren't familiar with it, and, and it's there are a lot of people who aren't familiar with it because they they kind of equate it with the family center and a lot of people think it's the same thing and, and it's not. We have an office in the family center, but Family Resource Center is a is a behavioral health and um, substance use disorder um, treatment and, and prevention treatment and recovery nonprofit here in Finley and in Kenton and Sydney and Lima. And I think people's mental health is a part of their lives that they let slide far too often because a lot of times we're afraid to ask for help. A lot of times we're afraid to tell someone we know that we see something that is um, concerning and particularly in these COVID um, months and and years now, um, isolation is a real big thing. I mean, a lot of us have spent a lot more time in our home offices and a lot of us have spent more time not able to do the things that fill us up. And so 
there's been a huge increase in people dealing with mental health crises. And um, I think we have an opportunity and uh, an obligation to help break some of those stigmas about whether I feel okay talking to my friends about what's going on in my life and, and to, to model some of the behaviors that can help keep people healthy. And so my role at uh, family resource center in the um, community engagement team is to help do just that. So I've been working with our suicide prevention team on producing some video content um, about how to talk to people that um, have had a suicide attempt and are now home. I've uh, done pieces on warning signs, things to look for. I've done pieces on um, suicide in the agricultural community. And, and that's kind of where we are with it right now is the video content. But there's a lot of things to be developed to kind of help just get people to understand that everybody is dealing with stuff right now. And it's okay to ask for a little bit of help. It's okay to to just call a friend and tell him you're thinking about him. And it's okay if there's someone you're concerned about to say, hey, I, I just want to come and sit on the tailgate of your truck for an hour and just talk about stuff. And um, that's kind of my role right now at Family Resource Center is to help just kind of spread that around because I, I think people need it and uh, are afraid to access it right now. And so I think maybe coming over to it from a a position of where people know who I am and they know me in this community. And and if I can share a story, then maybe that kind of resonates with them. Wow. Wow. So if this doesn't uh, speak to your character, Dave, of leaving your absolute passion in life, which is, which is the radio to do something that betters your community, betters yourself. Um, yeah, I'm at a loss for I mean, it, it's so awesome to hear this because you are a well-known personality in, you know, Finley and Hancock County. So to go out and then better yourself and, and you know, help save lives, you know, for sure. Not this isn't potentially you, you will um, just kudos, kudos for that Dave. That, that is really impressive to hear that. Um, oh, I where I guess just while we're talking about it, where do people find this content or or what how do they how do you distribute it? Like what does that look like? Yeah, um frcohio.com has sort of the library of stuff on it. If you go to the FRC toolkit page, um there's gonna be some development happening around that. There's a lot of content on that page that we put together um after schools closed last year. Um some some tools for parents to kind of help um, get into that role and that world, which, uh, you know, as a parent was, was just turning your world upside down when kids are home all day and you're, you're teaching. Um, But that's sort of the page where a lot of the content lives right now. Um, We're developing a podcast, which is, this is why it's interesting to me to be on your podcast because I'm sitting here doing all this work on developing our own and uh, (laughs) like, man, you guys really got this figured out. Um, So we, uh, our social channels and everything too. We'll have that content on them. Very cool. Well, thank you for passing along. Um, yeah. Well, if you need help with the podcast here, we're on a live podcast. Let's yeah. <laughs> if you need the help with uh, you know, some of the tools in the back end of that, just seriously reach out. I'll do that. Yeah. I like this format there. I like this, uh, this, uh, this, this tool that you're using this uh, ringer is pretty nice. Yeah. And it, you know, the cool thing about podcasting, it's relatively inexpensive, but you can get your message out to it 
you know, it's limitless. Um, yeah, and but, I think a lot of people are using them now um, as, as um, you know, as we used to use movies in the car and whatnot. So um, I found myself, I had to drive to Detroit a couple of weeks ago, and I just kind of bounced around podcasts for a while because, to be honest, I still love music and I love radio, but it's been a nice break for me. Right. <laughs> so I have, uh, I kind of uh, found a couple of things I like to listen to and, uh, and goof off with, but you know, the most amazing thing for me, and I, and this is not the place to do it, but I'll tell you is that podcasts generally are not governed by the obscenity rules and indecent uh, language rules that the federal communications commission bestows upon FM radio. And so I'm like, wait a minute, you can say that. Yeah, it's crazy, wow. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you go into like the Joe Rogans of the world. I mean, there's some uh, there's some content out there it, that is extremely interesting. Um, but yeah, there's some vulgar stuff you'll get into. Um, it, it, it's really neat, you know. I listen to insurance podcasts. I listen to Rogan. I listen to all sorts of different things. You're right. It's like a pastime in vehicles, you know, where people used to like you say listen to the radio or you know put the movies on for kids on long like. I always find myself listening to a podcast because I'm trying to gain knowledge of certain subject matters. Yeah. And some stuff is mindless. Like I want to know about just goofy things. Like there's so much out there. Uh, it, it's just a, it's a really neat tool. Yeah. And you can learn stuff that you wouldn't normally learn. Like I learned all about how Dave Grohl likes fried chicken and champagne. I never would have heard that if it wasn't for Conan O'Brien's podcast. Exactly. Like there, <laughs> you, you can just, you can go anywhere. Like you say, you just, you learn a lot about different people and different things. And it's just, it's really a kind of a neat thing to that's, I don't think podcasting is, you know, I don't know when the first one was ever launched, but it just seems like it really has taken off in the last two to three years. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, it's neat. It's very neat. Let's talk about, um, so obviously family resource center is where you work, but you, you know, in your, in, in your survey, you have, you know, six or seven charities that you really are part of or support. Yeah. Is there any other, you know, Habitat Humanity or uh, Children's Museum of Finley or St. Jude's? Is there anything else that you're really, really passionate about that you really serve or, or believe in? Do you know what really, um, all of those for sure. I mean, I've, I've worked with Habitat on a few different projects and, and um, I sit in their uh, annual meeting with them and, and just kind of have some fun and talk to some of the families that they serve. The stories that you hear from people who were, you know, I, I think the last in-person one we did, um, it was a family of like nine people and they were in a two bedroom house and Habitat was, was rehabbing house. They weren't building a new house from scratch, but they were rehabbing this family's house and or another house for them. And I was talking to these kids, you know, five, six, seven year old kids. And they were talking about having their own room and what a huge deal that was for them. And you imagine being a, you know, a 17 year old sharing a room with your eight year old brother, like that would be tough. And there were nine of them mm-hmm. and now they're able to get their own room. So it, those are the kind of things that, that, um, that light me up, you know, and St. Jude is another one. Um, some of the stories from those patients and from their parents and, um, you know, I got I got connected with St. Jude before I had kids, and <clears throat> I used to go down once a year there in Memphis, and I used to go down once a year and um, just kind of visit. And it's a big country radio thing. You know, you'd see artists kind of walking through the halls. They all support St. Jude, and I have some friends that are on the um, the board there, and and we would go and just kind of walk around. and And there's a chapel 
inside. And I just kind of sat in the back of that chapel one time and some parents came in, you know, they come and they pray and they leave. And, and uh, there's a guest book that you can, you know, put a little note in or whatever. And, and I remember walking out like, I, I want to read this guest book. And I started looking through stories of people who are losing six, seven year old kids. And it was hugely impactful for me. And then when I became a parent, I mean, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that. And the mission with St. Jude really spoke to me because it's the people that are treated there are usually like the worst of the worst, right? I mean, they are, it's a catastrophic illness that has brought them to St. Jude and they don't have a billing department. You go and you get treated and you don't have to worry about paying for it. And they put the family up in the, in the Ronald McDonald house there and they, they have thought of everything. St. Jude doesn't smell like a hospital. It smells like cookies. And um, they've just thought of all these things. They wheel kids from room to room, not in gurneys, but in wagons. And there are these great murals on the walls. And and it's all because of something that no one has any control over. And um, that really kind of spoke to me. And so... Over the years, you know, I've, I've put together charity concerts and, and connected with artists and stuff and been able to help in, in some small ways. But I think St. Jude probably is the, the thing that turned me on to nonprofits all those years ago about how people just do this. There's no nobody's getting rich off the research they're doing at St. Jude. They're doing it to save lives and they're doing it to improve our society, you know, and um I guess up until then, I really hadn't gotten a great idea that that was a thing that people did, especially in that field. And um, so that really flipped a switch for me. And so, you know, kid stuff is, especially since I've become a dad, kid stuff has always really been uh, a great thing. So, you know, when the Children's Museum opened up a few years ago, uh, my wife and I were involved and um, whenever they call, in fact, I just did their, their evening of play. I've emceed it for years and I thought, well, that's probably one of the things they won't want me to do it anymore that I'm not doing the morning show. And Linnea called me up. She's like, Hey, we want you and Doug to come out and do this. I said, you understand that, you know, I'm not that guy right now. And she was like, I want you to come and do this thing. So yeah, I mean, I still support them. And um, I just think that there are a lot of, you know, St. Jude notwithstanding, but locally there are, are a lot of organizations that, many communities aren't blessed to have and we do. And so we need to support them however we can. That's what uh, Ryan, that's what I was talking about with, with best Christmas, best Christmas ever. When, when that kind of came across my radar, I was like, wait a minute, this is here. Like someone's doing this here. We need to push the hell out of this thing because it's an amazing thing and it's changing lives and it's improving our community and people, I don't think people knew about it. Um, and not many communities have people like, well, like your wife that are that passionate about it to start it just kind of out of the goodness of their hearts. And so when it happens, I think it's important to push those things. Yeah. Yeah. We, like you said, we, we just have, we have this special thing going here in Hancock County where there's just so many people like yourself that are, that are willing to donate time, resources, anything to help other people. So it, it, it is just so cool to see, you know, obviously St. Jude's isn't local, but what they do for children 
is unbelievable. So it, that story is really, really neat to me. How you know that really changed your outlook and how you view, how you view charities. Yeah, and just donating. I mean, you don't have to donate money. You just have to donate time or bring awareness to those organizations. And then, you know, that happens locally. I help, you know, on a micro level, there's, you know, when you look at like Hancock Literacy, I mean, there's, there's so many organizations. I mean, it's endless um, for people trying to help the local community. And then there's also, you know, when you get into the St. Jude's, they're, they're helping a nation in, in, in their, what they do is just unbelievable. So, yeah, and you know the the stuff the the research that they do there, and I'll I'll get off the St. Jude stump here in a second, but the the research that they do there in Memphis is shared with hospitals around the country. So, like my friend Mila, who is um, six years old and has leukemia, the treatments that she's having done in Columbus are based on the research that's been done at St. Jude over the last 40, 50 years. And so it does trickle down sort of locally, which is a really cool thing. And I wanted to touch on. And I'm glad you mentioned Hancock Literacy. They have that uh, imagination library that sends a book for free to anybody in Hancock County under five years old. And my daughter just aged out of it and was just heartbroken that she oh, won't man. be in the mail anymore. But um, it's such a cool thing for a kid to walk out to the mailbox and open it up. And there's a book with their name on it, you know, and uh, that's a and Shannon has done such a great job um, with Hancock Literacy. And I know that it's been a tough year for all of these local nonprofits. And, um, you know, just if you have a chance to, to pat those executive directors or development people on the back for, for surviving this year and finding ways to do things differently, you should. Correct. That's a, that's a hundred percent true statement. So let's segue we're, 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 we'll wrap up here soon, Dave. I want to touch on something hobby, uh, related, so you are into old Volkswagen, my understanding. And you, yeah, you know anybody who wants to sell one? <laughs> there we go. Let's turn this into Dave's Craigslist podcast. What, how, how I guess, did you get involved with Volkswagens? It, it, what drew you to them? or What's the story? That's weird. It's just weird. Um, well, maybe not. I don't know. So I have an older brother, and um, – we were on a family vacation in Gatlinburg when I was in about second grade, I think. And he would have been in uh, eighth grade. And um, he saw this car and fell in love with it, right? It was a black Beetle. It was probably about a, a 69 or 70. And it had these, you know, it was lowered and it had these centerline wheels and this big stinger exhaust. They have this big pipe that comes out of the back. They call them stingers because they're on the back of Beetles. It's funny. And, uh, and he just fell in love with them. And my parents, of course, were like, well, yeah, you know, he could want a GTO or a Camaro or something, but he wants a Beetle. Hell, we'll buy him a Beetle. And we got it. And my brother and I, so we would, we'd get into it together. Right. And, and like any little, little brother, I wanted to be just like my big brother. I mean, everything he did, I wanted to do. He played drums. I wanted to play drums. He played football. I wanted to play football. He was built like a running back. I was a left tackle. So that's where we diverged a little bit, but he bought a car. I'll never forget this from Cary, Ohio. It was a 69 Beetle for $75. And I rode with him to pick it up and we drove it home from Cary. But it was so rusted that I had to sit in the back seat and hold the battery because the floor was gone and the battery lived under the back seat. So my job was to sit back there and hold the battery off the pavement. Oh my. And, uh, and that car was painted like an Ohio state football helmet. And 
So my dad and brother and I, we sanded that thing and we painted it and we fabricated floorboards out of old um, <laughs> dryer parts. <laughs> and, uh, and then years go by and, and in the 90s anyway, you could go buy beetles and buses that have been sitting in the corner of somebody's barn for 200 bucks and in an afternoon have them running. I mean, the motor is like a lawnmower engine and, um, and have a lot of fun with them. And so I, because it's all down to my brother, if I'm honest, guys, I, I wanted to be with my brother. I wanted to be like my brother and um, fell in love with a lot of the same stuff that he did. And um, over the years, I've had some opportunities to, to score some really choice cars <laughs> and then in moments of weakness, sell them and look back on them and go, oh, I wish oh, I had Armageddon or I wish I still had that old camper bus or whatever. And so right now I'm down to, I mean, I only have two right now, which is sort of a low point for me. Um, but you so know, are you looking? Well, I mean, always looking, right? If my wife's listening, no. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always have a little bit of extra change like in case something pops up. We'll no, cut that out for you. Yeah, um, I have. In fact, my first car. Um, I'll, this is my my quick story. Um, my first car I bought when I was. 15 years old, I was a busboy at Woodland Restaurant downtown, saved up enough money to buy this car for 500 bucks. And um, my dad and I went over and picked it up and we drove it home. It was a 69 Beetle. We bought it over in Fostoria on Lytle Street and we drove it home to Macomb. And that afternoon, I had the doors and the fenders and the seats and everything out, you know, and we're standing and we're getting prepped for paint and all that stuff. And that car today sits out in my barn in primer. I've never driven it. <laughs> And uh, wow. it'll get done one of these days, but I still have it. And it's, you know, it's my first car. Like I'll never get rid of that. And uh, someday my son and I will build it and um, it'll be, a, it'll be a great joy when that happens. But there's just something about these old curvy German things, you know, that parts are cheap and easy to find. And um, I don't think I've ever seen anybody who didn't smile when they saw one at a car show, or if you cruise by somebody at a stop sign or whatever. And, they always just kind of get a kick out of them. And uh, maybe they were laughing at how much I kind of spill through the windows because I'm so much bigger <laughs> than the inside of the car. But, you know, if it makes somebody smile and I always enjoy them and um, it's hard to get in too much trouble with them. You know, it's not like yeah, a, yeah. a Ferrari or something. So, right. No, uh, it's neat. And then you, I think, don't you have like a, uh, a they call it Vanagon, right? Where they have the, yeah. where the, where the roof like extends up. Yeah. I have a, an 86 Vanagon, which is less what you think of when you think of a VW bus. Like people think of those ones with the big V in the front and the big logo on the, on the, on the front yeah. there and the split front windows. I mean, those are impossible to buy or impossible to find. And when you do find them there, I've, I've seen them go for $250,000. Like you just can't touch wow. them. So think less of that when you think of my Vanagon and think more of like what the Libyans drove in back to the future. That's more <laughs> like what I have. And, uh, but yeah, the top pops and it's got a couple of beds up there and then it's got a, a fridge and a stove in it. And, um, my wife and I rented one out in California a few years ago and drove the Pacific coast highway. And I said, we need one of these and was lucky enough to be able to find one here locally from a, a friend of mine, actually. <laughs> and, um, I've had that ever since. And, it's been off the road for a while, but we just got it back on the road last month, and my family and I have had a great time taking it around. That's awesome. That, that's really cool. Now, do you do you use the van again locally? I mean, do you go on camping trips, or do you drive it, or is it like a Sunday go-get-ice-cream type machine? Yeah, it was my daily driver for a long time. 
And so was my bug. Like I, I, I sold the modern vehicles and uh, drove the old stuff for a while because it was fun. And, you know, my commute when I lived in Finley, my commute was, it was like three miles. <laughs> so yeah. it really, yeah. really didn't matter. And I drove the Vanagon. I daily drove it when we moved out in the country now. And um, it blew up on me at four o'clock in the morning, driving to the radio station one morning. And I was like, this is not the smartest thing I could do. And uh, so I parked at the barn and bought a Jetta. And, uh, and I've kind of worked on it every once in a while, but yeah, no, it's not going to be a daily for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we like, you know, the other day when it was nice out, we all piled in the van and we drove over. There's a nice little park in Genera and, the uh, kids and I, you know, they like riding in the bus. It's not the safest thing. There are no airbags or shoulder restraints. Yeah. In it, so take it easy. We take country roads and we go 45 everywhere we go. So this is yeah. not going to be a, a cross country fun mobile. It's going to be just kind of a, you know, we'll go to cars and coffee with it or something. And, um, at some point I'll probably cash out of it and use it to fund the build of my beetle, but awesome. it's just, it's fun and it's goofy and it makes people smile. Yeah. That, that's neat. It, it fits your personality perfectly to be honest. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Never heard that one. You're a mannequin, Dave. So I, I appreciate you being on. This has been a really fun interview for me, uh, being able to flip, you know, and ask you some things and you be yeah. on the receiving end of the question. So, um, that's all I have. Dom, do you have anything that piques your interest, not knowing Dave as well as I know him, um, just from being from the area? Yeah, uh, I just want to say thank you, Dave, for coming on the show. This has been awesome. Um, you know, it's just been inspiring, I guess, for me just to listen to you and talk about, you know, this change in your life, going from the radio to the Family Resource Center, uh, you know, and just your heart behind that transition. Uh, but then also just, you know, the passion that you speak with when you talk about, you know, the different organizations and the Habitat for Humanity and St. Jude, um, you know, and those different charities that you are a part of and just seeing your experience and how, yeah, just really diving into St. Jude, um, yeah, it was just inspiring for me. And I just, I'm very thankful that you took the time to uh, to be a guest on a, on a podcast. Uh, and thank you for joining us. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do it. And and look, this is Friday is a remote learning day for my children. And uh, you guys have given me an hour from trying to remember how to do third grade math. And so I very much appreciate that. <laughs> There's the truth. That's how we got them down. It all makes sense now. <laughs> like you people are adding fractions in third grade. What? <laughs> oh, the pain of remote learning. It's uh, that's really a crisis in America in itself. This, uh, you know, you've got iron workers and construction guys that are that are teaching uh, all sorts of things that uh, they never thought they'd have to do. So it's it that 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 is a funny piece of uh, uh, commentary there for sure. It is, yeah. It's uh, I, I am not looking forward to diving back into it, but such is life. You know, we all do things we're not comfortable with. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I'd like to know how many times has the statement "Go ask your mother" been. Uh, been brought up in the in the uh, homeschooling thing during COVID. <laughs> Whenever math is involved, that's it. Although yep. I did just get, and you guys didn't get the chance to catch this, but just before I signed on, my daughter comes in and she goes, "Hey, can I play the computer?" And I said, "Sure." And I, you know, we gave her a computer, and she's got a little headphones, and she plays the PBS Kids games and stuff. And about two seconds after she fired up, my wife came in and she goes, "She just asked me if she could play it," and I said, "No," and I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> what have I done? And so my daughter flim flammed me. So there, there are a lot of go ask your father and go ask your mother. And my kids are probably like 
can we just go to recess? <laughs> want to ask anybody for anything anymore. Oh, man, we're all living it. It's uh, it's an interesting thing, but I guess when, when this passes, we'll kind of look back on it. You know, like we got to spend a lot more time with our kids and there was less hustle and bustle. So there, there's some good that will come out of it and has come out of it. It's true. It's 100% true. In fact, on the, the, the little sheet that um, the questionnaire you guys asked uh, before the podcast, one of the things that uh, I think I wrote was, I think I'm a pretty good dad. And a year ago, I don't think I would have been able to say that because wow. it, I wasn't here for so much of the stuff that um, you want to be there for your kids for. And now I'm like, this is great. I mean, yeah, it's a pain in the you know what a lot of times, but I don't have stories of being in third grade and my dad playing matchbox cars on the floor with me at two o'clock in the afternoon. Like it wasn't even a possibility. And now we get to do this stuff with our kids. And so I, I look, I, I'll be the first to tell you this probably it, it sucks is the only way I can put it. Yeah, I mean, right. Everybody's dealing with so much of the weight and, and, uh, and the worry and the loss of this past year. But if you can reframe even just a piece of it to think about how you get to have so much more of an impact on people that you wouldn't have been able to be around before. Um, that's, there's a little bit of peace in that, not a whole lot, but a little bit. Yeah. There's definitely a, a you know, a golden nugget in the whole, in the whole deal. Uh, that's definitely one of them for sure. So, Hey Dave, let, let's wrap up. I appreciate you being on the show. I sincerely appreciate everything you do for Finley Hancock County, uh, Ohio, you know, St. Jude's and the nation, everything that you do um, with your platform is, is really awesome. So thank you for that. Thank you for being on the show. And we greatly appreciate uh, having this conversation with you and hopefully we can do it again. Yeah. Anytime. Ryan, Dom, thanks for doing what you guys are doing and for inviting me to be a part of it. This has been the hometown highlights podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. For similar interviews, you can subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again to our sponsors at Hitchings Insurance. Thanks for your time, and we look forward to the next show. This has been the Hometown Highlights Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. For similar interviews, you can subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again to our sponsors at Hitchings Insurance. Thanks for your time, and we look forward to the next show.